If it's your first time, if you're checking us out tonight, I'm Tim Gilligan. For real. <laughs> I am, I'm a junior. Most of you know me as Lee, and it's always a privilege to get to step up here and to speak in Dad's absence. And um, I think the last time I spoke was October. So I've been, I've been itching to get back up here. So thank you for the opportunity. And uh, it's, it's, it's always, always a great thing, thing to be up here. Def, definitely humbling and uh, stretching me, but I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that I get to share some things that God is showing me in my life. Before I get going, um, I, I thought of something funny, and this is, it just came to me when I was sitting down there. I have a good friend out in Texas, and Dad and I were at a, at a church at a big conference back um, last March. And the lead pastor, uh, he, the lead pastor of the host church, we, we ended up getting to meet him. And it turns out he has a son who's right around my age. He has two kids, so I got one and one on the way. He's his oldest son. Um, we just have so many things similar about our upbringing, too much to go into. But we were able to connect, and it's cool just to have like that kind of counterpart, someone else who can relate and, and has gone through some of the things I've gone through and has a very similar upbringing. But their church is a little bit larger than ours. They have about 24,000 people. And he... <laughs> At the time we met, I was just getting ready to, uh, dad had asked me to speak for the first time. Now it's been like three or four times. So I'm getting a little bit more used to it. But at at the time I had just found out. So I said to him, yeah, I'm actually going to get an opportunity to speak coming up. And he said, yeah, he's like, I haven't got that opportunity yet. He's like, and I'm not in a hurry. (laughs) Um, but it turns out back at, I think it was right around Thanksgiving. He did get to speak. And so I watched online because I, you know, I wanted to see how he did. And, uh, he got up there and, they, you know, they panned the crowd and it was a full house. So I was like, wow, <laughs> he didn't get off easy. And, and he's, um, he's opening up and he's, you know, pulling the same, you know, things that I pull like jokes about his dad and, and, you know, different things, put, you know, knowing the right buttons to push with the people. <laughs> and so anyways, he's sitting there and, and he was telling a story about, um, he said, for those of you who don't know, he's like, a lot of people give my dad Starbucks gift cards. Um, all the time, just, you know, they give him a Starbucks gift card. He's like, but what people don't know is that my dad doesn't drink coffee. So keep the gift cards coming. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's just one more thing we have in common. Cause my dad doesn't drink coffee and he does occasionally get Starbucks gift cards. So I say to you, keep the gift cards coming. Right? <laughs> no, in all seriousness though, it, it's great to be here. And, um, I said this when I spoke last few times, and I really believe it and mean it, I feel God, and this goes for all of us, I feel he's always showing us things in our lives, showing areas where maybe there's something we've been unaware of that we need to focus on and correct, showing us new things in the light of scripture, teaching us lessons through the relationships that we've been so blessed to have. Just all over, I believe God gives us learning experiences. And it's important to notice those things and to act on them and and pursue further to, to try and figure out what God is showing you. And so anytime I feel God is dealing with me on something or stretching me or, or giving me, um, you know, a lesson in life, I, I think it'd be foolish to just learn that lesson for myself, but not be able to share it. You know, um, I think God gives us gifts for, for our benefit, but also so that we can share with others. And so anytime he's teaching me a lesson, I'm like, could that be a sermon? <laughs> could that be a truth that I could share with someone else? So tonight I have something that he's been dealing with me on. And, um, I'm very excited to share it with you guys for two years. Now we've been in this kind of focus of real life and we've just dedicated Wednesday nights to walking through real life issues because we're real people. We live a real life. We have ups, we have downs, we have jobs, families, we got things we're going through. And it's important to 
tackle the issues that would come our way that life brings that are inevitable, but see what scripture has to say about those things. And so tonight, what I want to talk to you about, the title of my message is Staying the Course. And what I mean by that, staying the course, if it, if it had a tagline, it would be staying obedient in the midst of change. Staying obedient in the midst of change. Um, each and every one of us, we were created different. We have different uh, gift sets, unique talents, different strengths and weaknesses, different realms of influence, different uh, levels of opportunity. We, you know, he, Obviously, we're all different. We look different. You know, we don't have the same background and everything. But beyond that, God has wired us all different. And there's different things that he wants to do through each and every one of us. And beyond, beyond that, beyond the plans that he has for us, the cool thing is that regardless of how much you think you know what you want to do with your life or, or how much you think you've got it together or, or whatever it is you desire, whatever your plans are, God's plans are so much higher. He's always way beyond what we could even expect. And uh, if you would go with me to Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, not Isaiah, 55, 8 through 9, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I can look back in my life at, at different times when I was believing for something or, or looking for an answer or getting ready to move in a new venture or whatever it would be. And so there were specific things I was believing for. So I prayed very specific prayers. And I can look back and think of every time that God uh, showed himself faithful in my situation and came through. He not only took care of me and what I was expecting, but beyond what I could have expected, he showed himself faithful in such a bigger way than I could have ever believed or hoped for. And so when it comes to his plans, yeah, we may have our plans. We may have our ideas, the things we want to do, but I promise you his plans and his ways are so much higher. And if we let him, God will blow our minds. He'll take us places beyond our ability and our knowledge and our expertise, and he'll stretch us and he'll mold us. And it's really an amazing thing what can happen when we follow the leading and the plan of God for our lives. But here's the kicker. It doesn't just happen automatically, all right? Good things don't just fall in your lap. I mean, sometimes they do. But when it comes to following God's plan for your life, there's always going to be obedience involved on our part. We have a level of obedience. We have a responsibility. He's got plans, but we have a responsibility to be obedient. And truthfully, I think obedience can be an easy thing. I think if you know the right thing, and doing it is not always super hard. Some of you may disagree. I don't know. But just obedience, the concept in general. But here's the deal. When, when it comes to following God, obedience doesn't always jive with our comfort zones. All right? We, when it comes to our plans, a lot of times those plans revolve around what would be comfortable or easy for us. But God, he may, he may you know, take some of those things. But ultimately, God, where he wants to lead us, will usually stretch us out of our comfort zones. And how many of you know when you're out of your comfort zone, it's a little uncomfortable, okay? So what about when God's plans involve taking you out of your comfort zone? Is obedience as easy then? No, it gets harder. Well, and then look beyond that. What about when circumstances change? It, it, you know, it's easier to follow God when all is well, when all your ducks in a row, everything's going good, you have no problems. But circumstances can change like that. And dad's been talking on the weekend in his series, Begin Again. And he's, you know, it's been an amazing series that, is, that will really stretch your faith. If you missed it, you need to go back. He just wrapped it this weekend. But it's online, podcasts, video archives, study guides, whatever. There's ways to get a hold of it. 
But one of the big things that he hasn't skipped over is that the fact that there's going to be things that we have to endure in our lives. Circumstances change. Um, hard things come our way. We don't always know what is going to happen. So, you know, that's just part of life. So being obedient, we have to be obedient beyond when we're just comfortable and beyond just when all of our circumstances are going well. Change is a part of life. And many believers um, are foolish or naive to think that when you become a believer, you become a Christian, a follower of Christ, that suddenly everything is just going to be perfect. It's not. Uh, John 16, Jesus told us that while we're on this earth, there would be trials and there would be tribulations. There would be things that would come our way and we're going to have to um, endure certain periods of our life where things may be hard. But tonight when I talk about obedience in the midst of change, I don't want you to think that I'm just talking about tribulation. I don't want you to think that I'm just going to tell you that hard things are coming your way. Really, I'm just talking about change in general, seasons in general. The fact that there are certain things where, where situations change and it's unavoidable, it's inevitable. So it's not always tribulation, but there will be seasons in life. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says that for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And, you know, it's really biblical that that life is made up of seasons. And there's a, a broad spectrum of ups and of downs and of goods and of bads. And when it, when it comes to change in life, some of us may be better at change than others. Uh, change is, is different for all of us, not just in the things that we go through, but also in the way that we respond to what we're going through. And so some of you, you may do well in seasons of change. You may adapt quickly. You may be able to keep your faith strong. You, you, you maintain a healthy perspective on what is going on. But then there may be others who change is, is very hard. And I think change can be hard for a number of reasons. Because as humans, we we fear what we can't control. We often fear the unknown. We often have had past experiences with change that that were negative or or, or brought out things in our lives that that cause us to be fearful. So change is not easy. And even though some of us are good at change, and even though we have the ability to mature in how we navigate change, none of us will ever perfect it. But the good thing about change is that we are not alone. And change. We're not alone in seasons. We're not alone when our circumstances change. I, I quoted the part of John 16 where Jesus says that you will endure trials and tribulations while on this earth, but it doesn't end there. He says, take heart for I have overcome the world. He doesn't say, good luck, you might make it through. He doesn't say, take heart, you'll overcome based on your own ability. He says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And so it's not based on our ability, our knowledge, our, our, our creativity, our circumstances, any of that. We're, we're bound by circumstance and money and, and time. And we have limitations that God doesn't. He created everything under the sun. And, and we are clean because of the price that he paid. We live new life because of the sacrifice that he gave for us. So when he says, I have overcome, good news, guys, we're, we're going to overcome through him. And we have a responsibility, though, to be obedient. While we don't know all, we serve the one who does know all. 
Um, I attended Southeastern University down in Lakeland, Florida, and I graduated with my bachelor's back in 2008. And while I was there, the president of the university, his name was uh, Dr. Mark Rutland, amazing communicator, amazing teacher, amazing man of God. He's really just everything he touches turns to gold. And that's not because he's so awesome, but he just has the concept of servant leadership. He has a concept of biblical excellence. And I learned a lot from my time uh, there under his teaching. But he said something one day in a chapel service that just truly marked me and kind of helped me shift my perspective when I'm heading into seasons of change. And I haven't only heard him say this. It was the way he said it that particularly marked me. So maybe you've heard a variation of this, um, and, and that's fine. But what he said was, I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. And so for me, at times in the past where... I, I, there's something coming or something changing or something I know that I'm going to have to do that will take me out of my comfort zone. I simply remember that. And it's, there's so much scripture to back it. There's so much truth in just such a simple statement. But I don't have to know everything that's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, a week from now, a year from now, 10 years. I don't know. But there's freedom. There's a, liber, a liberating fact that comes when you don't try to know, okay? Know who holds your future. Know that he has overcome. Know that he created you. He cares about you and he has a plan and a purpose. And when you stop caring and trying to figure out all that for yourself and just trust that the one who made you knows all, that's going to be a greatly liberating thing. And I believe it'll help you to adapt in seasons of change in your life. While things change, he stays the same. Hebrews thirteen eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I've said I'm talking about obedience and how we can stay the course and how we can obedient, be obedient regardless of how we feel and regardless of what's going on around us. And you may say, well, what do you mean exactly by obedience? It's a, it's a pretty broad term. What do you mean by following the leading of God for my life? I can't tell you exactly what I mean in each and every one of your instances. And I, I've, I said this a couple times back when I preached. I'm not a prophet. So don't ask me after service what God is leading you to do. I don't know what's next, but, but what I do know is that he's leading each and every one of us. And it could be, it's just simple steps of obedience. I'm not talking, it, does, it doesn't always have to be life-altering. It could be. It could be a career change. It could be a financial investment. It could be um, restoring a relationship. It could be cutting off a relationship. It could be, I don't know, it, it, it could be multiple things to you. But I think the one thing is that we're all probably aware of at least a few things in our life that God has been pulling for a while. He wants us to step out and to be obedient and to be bold in those areas and follow his leading. But yet because of comfort or because of our changing circumstances, we tend to just get comfortable where we're at and we stay stagnant. We don't move and it holds us back from being obedient. So how do we be obedient? And this is what I say. Go boldly. Go boldly. And you say, well, that sounds pretty simple. Or easier said than done. But really, it's a biblical thing. And, and I'll show you what I mean. Before I get there, though, God will always call us to what is more than easy. Okay? Usually when he calls us to something, it's not going to be ne- necessarily our definition of what is easy. And kind of a personal example for me is, you know, I grew up, um, I, had, I had a good upbringing. I grew up son of a pastor. I've grown up in this church. I've grown up around ministry. I've grown up 
loving and, and serving people. And I really had a, a great upbringing, a great, a great family. And that's not saying it was perfect. That's not saying that there weren't ups and downs and there weren't things that we had to walk through as a family and adjustments that every one of us has to make just as people going through different seasons of life. But I had, you know, I had a great life growing up. And I watched my dad plant this church. I, I watched him pastor this church. And I always thought to myself, that's awesome, and, and I love it. But I'm going to be something else. I, I'm, you know, I, I love ministry, but I don't think I'm going to go into full-time vocational ministry. Kind of my whole life, I, I said those things. And it wasn't that I had any aversion to, to the church or, or, or anything you know, bad to say. It was just like, I thought, you know, that's great for him, but I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to be an astronaut or a police officer. Not really, but those are, those are the generic things that every kid wants to be. You know, I thought I'm going to do something else. And then kind of around the time I was in, uh, starting college, it's just like God began to pull on me in more ways. And initially it wasn't easy. It it was things like, Oh, I don't want to do that. You know, but God, it's like, you know, you have an opportunity to be obedient. You take that first step and then God kind of shows you a little more and a little more and a little more. And so here I am today and I'm, I'm ministering up here. And this is something I said I never wanted to do. And ultimately, I don't know still what I'm going to do, but I think that's okay. I, I think it's the fact that I'm learning how to be obedient as I go. And I'm finding liberation in the fact that he'll show me as I go. And you say, what are you talking about? You're in ministry. It's, it's got to be so easy. But I'll, I'll stand here today. And, and, and yeah, we're all ministers as children of God. We all have realms of influence. And we all are ministers just because of being a son or a daughter of God. But vocational ministry is not easy. Um, when people are, are going, I, I guess I say it's not easy because it's not about you. It's not about you or your job, but really it's about so many other people. It's about the church. And I don't mean this church. I mean the children of God. I mean the people who are far from God, who know nothing about God. The church exists for the world and for the people that Jesus wants to save. And so when you're in vocational ministry, you spend so much time loving on people, investing in them, doing life with them. And so when they're up, you're up. You get to rejoice with them. When they have a victory, you can rejoice with them and you're there for that. But when then they're suffering loss and death and disease or whatever it be, you're there with them as well. You're there at the hospital in the middle of the night when, when they're in the emergency room or whatever it is. There's, it's a roller coaster ride. And it, and it, takes, it can take an emotional toll on you. But that's where the help of the Holy Spirit comes in. So I'm not saying any of this to pat myself on the back at all. I'm totally a work in progress. I'm not saying any of this to make it look like, oh, well, now vocational ministry is this hard thing that you should never go into. But what I'm saying is, for me, from my upbringing, from my personal experience, the thing that God has just begin to lead me into for the course of my life. It's not something I ever considered as easy or something that I wanted to do. But I say that to say, he'll call you to things that seem or that are more than easy or what seems easy to you. Also, God will call you to more than what seems possible. Look at the Bible. He used ordinary men all the time to do things that in the natural were virtually impossible. And he always has a role for us. He always, as he's leading us, and calls us to be obedient, he's going to give us a role for obtaining the victories in our life. Look at David. He, he was a shepherd. He was a boy. And, and he ultimately, he defeated a, a Philistine giant. And, and you say, well, that, that's impossible. That's, that's not easy at all. What was the, the small role that God wanted him to do? Ultimately, when you, when you go back, there's a lot to the story, especially over the course of his life. But look at that one instance, that one impossible feat. 
God wanted him to sling a stone. And David could have sat there and reasoned with God and, and about what was possible or about what was easy. But ultimately, he slung the stone and he struck him dead. And it was a victory for God and it was a victory for David. Look at Moses leading God's people. And you, you come to the Red Sea and, and, and you've got two million people that are going to march across the sea. But, but, but what do we do? God ultimately tells Moses to lift his rod the waters part and the people walk across dry land. And so it's like he was an ordinary man. He fulfilled that role to obtain that victory. God's just asking us to be obedient. He doesn't have to explain everything. He wants to do mighty things, give us mighty victories. But quit questioning how. Quit trying to always figure it out for yourself and just be daring enough to go boldly and take that first step. Same thing with, with Joshua. He, he came after Moses died and, and he's leading the children of Israel. And they come to the Jordan River and God tells them to march. And Joshua 1 does not say how Joshua is going to take tons of people over a river. God just tells Joshua to do it. And so he could have sat there and he could have reasoned about what was possible and about what was easy. And, and that's kind of how we are. Not like Joshua. Joshua was obedient. But too often in our lives, we don't know how something's going to happen. So we just stop. And I think that's how a lot of us are wired as humans. We want to know how something's going to work. We want to know uh, everything that's going to happen. We've got to know the game plan before we sign on. And that's not always how God works. He's wanting us to take that first step. So don't get in this habit where if you don't know, you just stop. What I would say tonight is quit questioning how and just start. Just start somewhere. Just be obedient in that first step. Don't reason with God. Don't try to fill in, fill in the blanks. Don't try and, and, and say, well, logistically, that doesn't really make sense. Just be obedient. Take that step. Don't fill in the blanks. Take God at his word. And ultimately, what did God do for Joshua? He parted the river and they walked across. And so God, he'll do extraordinary things through ordinary people. And it's not going to always make sense. It's not always going to seem easy or possible. But we got to be obedient and trust that he knows what he's doing and he sees the full picture. He's going to provide a way, but he wants us to be obedient. And he wants us to do what he's asking. He's going to teach us how as we do. Um, there's an amazing pastor named uh, Craig Rochelle, and he says that the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is often the uncertainty you're unwilling to endure. Let me say that again. The difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is often the uncertainty that you're unwilling to endure. And it's that same thing. It's like it's, it's us questioning how. The, the whole picture doesn't seem to be coming together, so we kind of stay stagnant. We stay where we're at, where God has over here, he's got the victory. He's got the fruit of our obedience. He, he wants to show us things and stretch us. But we're not going to get from point A to point B as long as we're questioning how. Or as long as we're afraid of like this abyss of uncertainty. He's asking you to go, be bold, and march. There's a book called The Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. And there's a quote from that book. And it totally relates to what I'm talking about. It says, Beginning empty-handed and alone frightens the best of men. But it also speaks volumes of just how sure they are that God is with them. And, and oftentimes that's us when it comes to following the plan of God for our life. We, we take that first step and, and at first we may feel alone based on our ability. We may feel empty handed, but the truth is we're not. We're ultimately, it's in those early steps. It's in that infancy of obedience that we realize God truly is with us. And I want to share uh, just a handful of scriptures with you from the Bible that show God with his people, God fulfilling his promise, God asking his people to be obedient. And he says, just go, I'm with you. 
Joshua 1.9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Jeremiah 1.4-8. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. But the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, here it is. I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you may look at those promises and you say, wow, that's amazing. God asked his people to do stuff and he was with them. He protected them and he took care of them. That's awesome. But look at these scriptures that that was that was so far ago. And how does that uh, how does that apply to my life? Is that context the same? Does it really relate to what I'm going through in my present day situation? And I'm a, I'm a complete um, advocate of reading the Bible in context. Too often people read something and take it out of context and, and you, it's kind of like, well, that's not quite exactly what God meant. But so it's, it's important to read the Bible and, and know who was writing and who they were writing to and what was going on and, and, and what the context was. Yes, that's important. But when it comes to God saying he'll fulfill the promise that he is with someone, I believe God is eternal. We've established that. And so therefore, if God is eternal, anything he can say or therefore, there's nothing he can say that is irrelevant. If he says something, then he means it. And so I don't care how many years ago that was. If God was faithful to his children then, then he'll be faithful to you now. His promises were true then. His promises are true now. Even if the situation is different, he made you and his promises will show true in your life. He's eternal and he's unchanging. He's good. Trust his word. That, that, that was four or five references I read about him protecting us or being with us. But we have a whole book chock full of promises for any situation that we go through. So trust that his word is eternal. Yes, read it in context, but know that his promises are unfailing. Psalms 105 says, For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. So now we've established, all right, when it comes to obedience, I just got to be bold. I just got to do it. I got to take God at his word and know that he's going to be with me. And, and that's the first step. Well, as with anything, I think boldness can wear off. You can start off good and then it's like something happens and it kind of throws you for a loop. And the next thing you know, you're, you're faltering, you're, you're feeling weak or, or scared again. So how do you stay 
proactive when it comes to bold obedience. And what I, I think we've got to realize here is that boldness and consistency are interrelated. You, you, you can't stay bold without some type of consistency. What is fueling that boldness? And, and we've established that life can be very inconsistent. Changes come. Change is inevitable. Seasons switch up on us. There's circumstances that we're not going to be able to control. So when everything around us is inconsistent and when everything around us is out of our control, this requires us as believers to be so consistent in the things that really matter, to be so consistent in our spiritual disciplines. Are are we spending our days investing in the things that really have eternal weight? Are we wasting time on the things that aren't really helping us to build our spirit man? Are, are, are we feeding the right things and starving our flesh or is it the other way around? And so we have to keep that in check. If we want to stay bold, if we want to stay charged up in our faith, then we have a responsibility to be consistent in the right things. I'm talking about solitude, prayer, a lifestyle of worship, gratitude, spiritual disciplines, making sure that our priorities align with the word of God. Paul said to be steadfast and to be patient in tribulation and to be constant in prayer. So yeah, things are going to come our way, but we have to be constant. We have to be steadfast. We have to be consistent. We can't let our prayer walk slide. We can't let a tough situation keep us from responding to God and worship. You have to keep those things in check. Back in 2008, Dad did a series called Day by Day. And essentially, if you could summarize the series in one line, it was that what we do day by day takes us to our future. It's the day-to-day, the little things, the disciplines. That's ultimately what's going to take us to our future. That's ultimately where our foundation and our roots come from. Are we investing in the right things? What makes up our foundation? Matthew seven twenty four through 27 says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So are we building our house on a solid rock or are we building ourselves on sand? What is our foundation? What are we, who or what are we making our foundation Are we being consistent in the right things? What does our day-to-day look like? If we want to have bold obedience, we have to have spiritual consistency. And I'm not talking about spiritual perfection. I'm not saying that you have to spend every waking hour in a little prayer closet with your Bible. You You can have a life. You can go out and you can be with people and you can do fun things. But you've got to make your priorities the things of God. And when you get that consistency, that is what's going to help you fuel that bold obedience. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a car. Say say boldness or say bold obedience was a, a nice sports car with a quarter tank of gas, and you get in, you're like, all right, I'm going to be bold, pedal to the metal, you go, and you don't look back. It's going to be awesome for a bit. Next thing you know, you're on the side of the road with no gas, stalled out, and, and you're like scared and alone. Okay, so if if bold obedience is that car, then consistency would be maintenance. Consistency would be a tune-up. It would be an oil change. It would be keeping your tank topped off. It would be making sure that you've got the necessary things in place because you're not going to get far unless you do. So hopefully that little car gas analogy helps you uh, to understand how important and how interrelated consistency and bold obedience are to each other. In in closing, I want to show you guys that obedience ultimately flows 
from confidence in God's promises. What we've got to look at is his promises, his track record, his faithfulness. Um, we're not going to be obedient in something where, where we have a God who we feel has, has failed us or has nothing to offer us. But guys, he's so good. His promises are so true and his track record speaks for itself. You may not have perfect situation going on in your life right now, but you're here. You're alive. You're breathing. I mean, you're, you're encountering God tonight just through worship and the word and, and being with other believers in his presence. I mean, God is at work in your life. Make sure that you're recognizing him in the little things and know that our ability to follow him wholeheartedly and to be obedient really flows out of our confidence in his promises. So find some promises for your life. Stand on those promises. Confess them. Internalize them. Don't just make them things you read. Internalize them. Have an arsenal so that you, you're so built up when something comes your way, you've got things that you're pulling on because you're hiding his word in your heart and you're growing because of the truths of his scripture in your life. So recapping, when it comes to obedience, yeah, our situations aren't always going to be perfect. It's not always going to seem easy or possible or jive right with our comfort zone. But if God is leading you, we go boldly and know that he's with us. Secondly, we stay consistent. What are we doing in our day by day? What are we doing to keep our spirit man fed? And then as a result, we'll watch him blow our mind. We'll watch him more than prove himself faithful in our situation, more than come to pass and meet our needs and show just what a faithful God that he is. And beyond just the reward, beyond just watching him meet our prayers or rewarding us for being obedient, beyond that, I believe a certain freedom awaits Get in the habit of fearless obedience and you'll live a life of freedom ready to follow his leading whenever he calls you. Amen. Did you guys get anything at all out of this tonight?